welcome to episode 18 of Your Hearth at Home. My name is Tara and I am so grateful that you are here. If you have been enjoying this podcast offering so far, please take a moment now to rate, review, and subscribe. It makes a huge difference for me and I would so appreciate it. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Bruce Wilson. He is the mastermind behind the wide-reaching musical project called Sunday Morning. This Vancouver-based band is refreshingly experimental, complex, and authentic, just like Bruce himself. But in this episode, Bruce steps away from the band and shares more about his personal spiritual journey, which has brought him to where he is today. He speaks openly about his quest to come home, both home in terms of a place to live, as well as home in terms of his internal sanctuary. He shares openly about his struggle with addiction to drugs and alcohol, his move through addiction into sobriety, and how the Sunday Morning Project came to be as a result of this work. I mentioned this in the podcast, but one of the things I love about speaking with fellow addicts in recovery is how much we get to laugh. And this episode with Bruce is no exception. In this episode, you get to be lighthearted about some of the heavier issues. So please get comfortable, sit back, and I hope that you enjoy. Welcome back to your hearth at home. Home. My name is Tara and I am extremely excited and grateful to be here with Bruce of Sunday Morning, a band va- based in Vancouver. Bruce, thank you so much for being here with me today. I am so happy to be here. It's, um, it's amazing to um, be on a spiritual podcast because it's not... Um, what I usually do. So I'm extremely honored to be a part of this. Oh, I'm grateful to have you. Yes, usually you're doing music related endeavors. Exactly. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I I really appreciate your time. And I'm excited to dive into um, everything with you. And when we were speaking prior to recording, the idea of um, coming home to self had really resonated between you and I. And I'm wondering whether you might be able to share a bit of context about um, why that resonates, perhaps starting wherever you'd like to start, um, perhaps where you grew up and how you've kind of come to be where you are. Sure, I can do that. So home has always been really hard for me to conceive of. Um, I grew up um, all over. So I was born in Florida. Um, From Florida, we moved to Maine, from Maine to PEI, then from PEI back to Maine, and then to Vancouver, and... um, I went to high school here, and then after high school, I kind of took off and traveled a bunch, and it's never really stopped. So, so the idea of home has always been something that's been somehow elusive and hard for, for me to grasp. And um, yeah, 
Um, it's only been in the past few years that I've found some kind of grounding that I can call home of sorts. Um, home is um, home is such a relative a relative um, concept for me, and um, all the moving I've done, um, it's always been really hard for me to find that kind of centering point, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, and interesting as centering point internally and externally. It's amazing how our external environment affects, has an influence on our ability to connect internally as well. Oh, oh absolutely, yeah. Yeah, um, um, internal, external. <laughs> Yeah, home is um, home is something um, um, about a decade ago. Um, I was in Massachusetts, and um, um, things kind of deteriorated for me there. And I moved back to Vancouver. Um, Vancouver's always been someplace I've come back to. And um, this time I came back here and I was really determined to try and make Vancouver a home. Really just like I was at a point where I knew finding that idea of home was, was almost paramount to everything else because I thought if I could find that grounding, I'd be okay, you know? And um, over the past uh, decade, I've really, re re really um, searched for what that is. And, and um, it's, it's um, the process hasn't been quick, but um, it has, had a result this project came about through that process um, interesting story so when I left Massachusetts I threw away all of my journals so I th th threw away um, um, probably almost two decades of journals from when I was a kid so just like stacks of journals and um, and and um, what happened with, with those journals was I'd moved back to Vancouver um, and I was showing a friend of mine um, a YouTube video of uh, my old band Tank Hog and in the comments and so I saw someone had, um, had posted, I found this guy's journals at the dump. Is anyone interested in having these? And I was, I was just stunned. I was like, okay, so this is like the weirdest thing ever. Some guy 
was just going through a dump in Massachusetts and found the garbage bag that had all of my journals. So he basically had my life. This guy in Massachusetts, I did not know, had the entirety of my life in these journals. And, and um, it just, it kind of threw me at first, but um, then I thought, you know, um, uh, there has to be something to this. It, it's so arbitrary and bizarre that some stranger has my life, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, and from that, um, um, it kind of struck me that, that those journals were, were in essence home, right? Because that's what I was at every part of my history were those journals that I just like decided hastily to just chuck because I was at a point where I just wanted to eradicate my life, start over, just like, but there's no escaping your past is what this shows me. You know, your past, it's always there. So, so um, through that bizarre coincidence, um, I kind of decided to start a project and I wasn't really sure what that project was going to be. I really had no idea. Um, so I started kind of just making notes, um, writing down prose around w what happened and what this came to be was the first album, uh, the first Sunday morning album, right? Because um, um, the first Sunday morning album it's almost um a narrative it's a soundtrack and the soundtrack it, it, it's not specific to uh my life but i wanted to create a narrative where where i found someone else's journals and kind of made them into a project so it wasn't specifically about me so, so I ended up writing all these songs with Stephen Ham, who, um, who's amazing. Um, I played with him in Tank Hog in uh, the 90s. And um, so he and I wrote all these songs that had to do with that, that arc, that uh, narrative arc of finding someone's existence and and um and transposing that into this art project so that's how it all started that's amazing did you get your journals excellent question no so um <laughs> oh, no. i actually did manage to track the guy down um, um after about about a few months i thought you know i should should probably try and make contact with this guy so so i did track him down and we sent back and forth a couple of uh, messages and he said he thought the basement of his mom's house somewhere 
and they could still be there. No idea. And right now, it really doesn't matter where they are. You know, it's gone past that. So. <laughs> yeah, totally. They've, they've done their duty. Look at exactly. this beautiful thing you've created. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Amazing. So that's the beginning of Sunday morning. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Beautiful. And then, um, so on this kind of journey of, of finding home internally, externally, when we spoke, you had talked to me about when you initially moved to Vancouver, how you had found community here, um, perhaps not in the most healthy healthy of ways for body, <laughs> mind, and soul. Could you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So when, when um, we moved to Vancouver, I was about 15, and, um, and I got um, involved with the punk rock scene here. And at that time, the scene was really small and really tight. And um, we all hung out together. And, and um, that community, um, that really felt, it felt right at the time. Um, it re really did. Um, um, everyone had each other's back at, at that point. Um, this scene was small. Um, we all got chased around, <laughs> you know, but um, it was really creatively charged. That whole early Vancouver punk rock scene was really cre creative and interesting and um, artistic and and it, it was fun, really fun to be a part of that. And it, it, um, it's carrying aspects to it. You know, it just, it just really felt right. And, and, um, and, and, um, I met really interesting people who are still friends to today which is amazing. Um, the other aspect to it though was alcohol and drugs, which I took an immediate affinity to. It just like felt right as well. So, so that became problematic over my life. And, um, and, and, and it, it in the end, it ended up destroying a lot of my creative drive. It ended up taking so much away um, from something that worked so well at first to something that was incredibly destructive. Yeah, I, I can definitely relate <laughs> on on the substance use front. So I, I appreciate you sharing about that. And for me, the 
I'm a very, I consider myself to be an extremely grateful alcoholic because somewhat like what you say about your journals, they, they served a purpose, right? Oh, absolutely. And my alcoholism served a purpose to get me to where I am now, sober and doing what I'm doing at this time. And I'd love to hear about that for you, how you found sobriety um, and, you know, we're talking about this being a spiritual offering. I'm excited to hear about anything that you'd be willing to share about your connection and, and how it works in your life. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so my history with alcohol and drugs, specifically heroin, um, um, my story through that was I was like able to keep some semblance of normality for a pretty long time. And, um, and what I found was, was if I, I, I switched back and forth between alcohol and heroin. So alcohol was my solution for heroin addiction. And then heroin was my solution for alcoholism for a very long time. <laughs> and, um, and they weren't the best solutions, obviously. And, um, and what happened to me was um, um, I moved back to Vancouver in two, 2002 from uh, New Mexico. And, um, and, and at that point, I was drinking a lot. Um, I hadn't used heroin for a couple of years. And I moved back to Vancouver and I started doing heroin again. And that's when things really deteriorated quickly for me. And and spiraled so fast and um and heroin is so hideous because um it works it does work it worked for me for a long time and then it just stopped um i wasn't getting high, I, I, I would go from being um, sick to feeling like I could kind of manage. And then, and then that just accelerated. And um, in 2006, um, um, I've been keeping it a secret, um, secret in air quotes, because everybody knew. Everybody knew I wasn't doing great, you know? Yeah. It was really obvious, but um, um, I kind of told myself I was holding it together. And um, I think what happened was um, my capacity to lie to myself 
just wasn't there anymore. And once the capacity to lie to, to myself had been removed, that was just crushing. And, and, um, and I realized that it couldn't go on. But at the same time, I, I couldn't really figure out how to stop. It just seemed impossible. And I was like, pretty certain that I was just just going to die a junkie alcoholic. And that just, okay, here's my fate. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is just how it's gonna go. And I'm gonna die a junkie alcoholic. And um, what happened was, um, some people in my life who, who cared about me so much just su suggested I go to uh, detox. And that was something I just hadn't been willing to do because I thought I somehow had stuff under control and I could manage it. But having that realization that no, I'm screwed. And um, if I can swear, can I? Yeah. Okay. That I was fucked. <laughs> I was flat out fucked. <laughs> and I couldn't manage this at all. So I checked into a, a detox. Please pardon the interruption in this wonderful podcast episode. I'd like to take a moment to share with you the opportunity to be in community and supported in your at-home practice of self-love. I invite you to join the Sacred Circle Collective. This is a group of like-hearted people who gather at each quarter moon to complete a practice, whether that be meditation, movement, breathwork, or any of the other fun stuff that we get up to in the space. This collective is about setting aside one hour each week to invest in yourself. If you are listening to this podcast episode, then I believe that you are conscious, curious, and open to practicing self-love. Click the link in the show notes for further information and to claim your first month free. That's all replays, four live practices, and the chance to be in this community at no charge with no obligation. I am so grateful and excited to share this space with you, and I can't wait to see you in there. And now, back to the podcast. And um, in detox, I called a friend of mine, and um, what I'd begun to realize is that people in my life had begun to clean up and stop doing drugs and stop drinking and they'd all kind of disappeared from my life and I wasn't really sure what happened to them you know it's like where do they go when they all get clean and sober that's so weird they all just kind of disappear <laughs> but but um so I called um a friend of mine from uh, detox and he came in 
he talked to me and he'd, he'd, he'd um, use drugs like I use drugs. He'd, he drank like I drank. I, I knew him from the old punk rock days. So we all, we had history and he was sober and he was clean. And, and, and that just made such an impact upon me to see that and to realize, whoa, so maybe this is possible. So I had him just tell me what he did. And, um, and, and what he told me about was having a spiritual experience. Having a spiritual experience that transcended his need to 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 drink and to do heroin, right? And that that was the first time I really thought maybe this is possible for me because before that I I, I honestly thought getting clean and sober just wasn't wasn't possible for me and and how self-centered is that you know it's just like it can't happen to me because i'm that screwed <laughs> you know just like ego it's all about the the obliteration of ego that like i'm the worst person ever when i'm not you know, I'm not the worst person. I'm not the worst junkie. I'm not the worst alcoholic. So that's kind of where it all started was at that uh, detox. Now, what's, what's interesting is I got out of detox um, and went into this treatment pro program on the uh, downtown east side. And... Um, and and uh, the weekend I got out of uh, detox, um, there was this like softball tournament going on through the treatment center, and and um, I was still pretty dope sick, but I had to go to this softball tournament thing, and at the softball tournament I called my drug guy. He, and he met me at the softball tournament. I scored drugs, took them back to the treatment center. I actually did some some in the bathroom. And at that point, I uh, I had this blinding realization that what am I doing? I'm doing drugs in a treatment center. I'm gonna kicked out get kicked out and I have nowhere to go, nowhere to go. Nobody's gonna take me in, you know, this is my last chance here. And I flushed them and I never flushed drugs before. That's just not what a good drug addict does. You don't flush drugs. <laughs> That's stupid, but, but I did. And um, and at that point, uh, I I was done, just done, just so done. And um, um, I had this kind of newfound willingness to do whatever it took to get sober. And 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 
that with inkling that it was possible was the kind of where it all started. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you so much for, for sharing that story. These, there's so much power, just like your friend who came and shared um, his story with you um, in the detox. When you, Mm. when you share your story, it has huge impacts. And so thank you for, for sharing it so, um, so deeply. I appreciate it. Oh, of course. (laughs) And um, so the idea of coming to um, a spiritual, um, a spirit, having a spiritual experience, living a life of spirituality, um, this it's not synonymous with religion, right? Which a lot of times people may think it is and it isn't. And I'd love to hear more about what that means to you. Yeah, of course. So um, um, when I got sober, I got sober in a Salvation Army treatment center. And, um, and, and the idea of spirituality and religion um, at that time time i kind of i i couldn't really separate the two you know and um and i was at this treatment center for nine or ten months and um every weekday we would wake up at like seven o'clock have to go down to the chapel and and um and sing sing christian songs hear christian sermon and and um for the first like two three months that just pissed me off just like i was so angry just like the angriest guy just hating those christians who had taken me in given me a place to stay fed me every day just hating them you know but um what i found was that um over the months um that time in the chapel and specifically um, those songs began to really resonate and I began to see them from a uh, different perspective and spirituality I think it's about finding a new perspective and and finding new ways to see the world and what was really interesting in a in a retrospect over those nine ten months was just just how my openness to spiritual ideas began and i think being in a christian recovery setting was pretty perfect for me because it made me so uncomfortable (laughs) Maybe incredibly uncomfortable hearing about Jesus every day. And I was like, 
okay, I'm here. So what can I, how can I change, change my perspective here? How can I, how can I see this in terms of love? Because, you know, these people, these strangers took me in and, and, um, and took such good care of me. They, they actually allowed me to stay there for nine or 10 months. I mean, that's a long, long time for anyone to house anybody. And they did that for me. So I began to go, okay, so maybe all Christians aren't evil, first off. And, and uh, maybe there's something that I can take from this. And, and, um, and the idea that the force of love really began to hit me. And, and, and for me, spirituality is love and, and uh, the different aspects of love and, um, and just that incredible power. So that's how I perceive spirituality. Mm. And is this something that, like I know oftentimes we get to practice connecting, reconnecting. Is this something that you two experience in your journey? Um, reconnecting with? With oh. whatever higher power you may connect with. Yeah, so here's something that happened um, actually just the other day. Um, I was thinking about the people I have great affection for in my life, my family and my friends, just the, the compassion I feel for them, the forgiveness I feel for those people. And then I thought, oh, so, this is the same compassion I should give to myself. You know, and I was like, oh, self-love. That's what self-love means. I was like, oh, <laughs> what the hell? So, so, so obviously it's its ongoing process of c connection, reconnection, because I'd uh, never really understood what the term self love meant. It had just been this catchphrase that I'd heard people kind of banter about, oh, self-love, you have to love yourself. And I was like, yeah, sure. But it hadn't really made sense to me until just a couple days ago. So, so you know, it's like, like, I've been sober almost 14 years. And now it's like, oh, self-love. Okay. Now I, now I get what people are talking about. And, and, um, 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 
Um, on top of that, I got five, ten minutes after I'd had the, uh, that epiphany, I said, oh, and don't forget that. Don't forget that. Because I forget stuff. And I would totally, it's just like, I, I remember I thought something about self-love that made a lot of sense, but now I forget what that was. So, so it's like this ongoing process of like having these spiritual awakening uh, moments, but then retaining them somehow, you know? Yes, yes. I yeah. find writing to be so powerful when I'm trying to remember like that specific word or trigger or something that mm -hmm. really landed in my body. Oh, absolutely. I have to sure. write it right away. <laughs> I know, I know. Or it's gone. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and then we come to this space where you are now. So you've created Sunday Morning, which you had shared with me is a, a community-based project which partners with different artists from a wide range of disciplines. Um, how does that all, all work? Can you tell, tell us a little bit more about who you partner with, why you partner with, and, and what you move to create? Yeah, of course. So uh, the first album I wrote with Stephen Hamm, and who who's amazing <laughs> um and um and uh the new album um consequence of love um i wrote that with felix fung and stephen ham helped out and so i have this core group um who we make the songs with. And then from the songs, we have artists we work with to create the visual aspects of the project. So the artwork, the films, um, and it's pretty broad the amount of people we have to um, have to collaborate with. And, and, and uh, that speaks to home, right? Because home is community. So it's the creation of community. And so it's still, about creating and maintaining those connections. Mm -hmm. And would you say you had said that you've moved to make Vancouver home? That was your intention. Would you suggest that you're feeling as though this is coming into fruition for you? Um, it feels, feels probably more like home than it has in the past. I still, I still feel somewhat 
omatic, and I don't know if that's a bad thing. Um, right now, oh, obviously, I can't go anywhere. So, <laughs> but um, um, I, I think um, generally, I feel more content here than I have in the past. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that we can laugh about COVID just a little bit. <laughs> what else are you going to do? You know? You know, it's like, here I am. Okay. Let's do what we can, right? Yeah. 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 And that's actually part of why I, one of the things I really love personally about speaking with others who have um, been through a recovery process is that we get to laugh so much. There's so many laughs and yeah. it's such a gift. So I just want to thank you for so many laughs this episode. <laughs> oh, glad. oh, good. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for all of the laughs. I really appreciate it. And um, I would be amiss if I did not um, speak to something a wee bit um, more serious because it's definitely something that's on my heart and it, I actually just hear these echoes of it in your sharing about spirituality as, as love and looking at self-love. Um, one thing I definitely feel the need to presence is um, the, this uprising that's happening, these, these current uprisings with the Black Lives Matter movement, indigenous voices, people of color. Um, it may seem counterintuitive to talk about something like that on a self-love podcast, but I think you've actually made it so very clear with your just sharing your recent experience about feeling this love and compassion for people around you um, and how that is an aspect of your spirituality. And for me, I'll just share my personal truth that white supremacy divides us. It, um, it keeps us out of our bodies, in our heads. And so I believe that true and deep love is radical self and collective care, which I'd love to ask you about just, I've confirmed with you prior to us recording that you identify as a white male. I identify as a white female. And so with that being said, I'm just wondering if you have any personal experiences or antidotes, an, antidotes that you, antidotes, anecdotes that you'd like to share or recommendations of people in the BIPOC community that you follow in music perhaps, or just anything that's on your heart regarding, you know, our current landscape. Yeah. Um, obviously I grew up in Florida. Um, I was a kid in uh, the 1960s and 70s. Um, um, I was alive when uh, Martin Luther King was killed. And racism, racism is based around fear. Um, and my family um, is a, um, I have a bi 
racial brothers. Um, I can't speak to uh, their experience, obviously. Um, I can say, God, Tara, um, it's a really emotional thing for me to talk about, and I, I don't want to start to cry, so I'm not going to get too into this, but what I can say is that racism is based on fear. It's based on, on, it's the antithesis of love, mm. you know? And, and what I see going on now is, is a truly incredible movement and God, it's so important. And and um, I come to this. I'm uh, not a scholar. I'm I am not someone who's incredibly well read on the issues. So I can only come to this from my own personal experience and what I've seen, the um, violence I've witnessed firsthand. And it's fucking traumatic. It's so traumatic and it has traumatized our culture. Traumatized Shit. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I can't do this. <laughs> I but, but, um, but, yeah, it's about, God. Ah, can't. <laughs> sorry, Tara. <laughs> it's too much for me to try and eloquently verbalize. It's off the top of my head, you know? I appreciate you saying yes and sharing what you have. Sure. And is there anything that you feel called to share um, to anybody who might be coming on to this path of spirituality, who might be, you know, looking for something, some in, into into this kind of direction um do you have any thoughts or anything else you'd like to share well you know um um finding a spiritual path is a very personal endeavor mm. and i think um anyone Who's, who's interested in spirituality will 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 uh, naturally try stuff and and um s some stuffs gonna feel correct and 
some stuff's not. So really, it's about what feels right. And I know my own spiritual path continues to evolve and change and 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 I bring in um, different aspects of uh, different practices and stuff feels feels correct or it feels wrong and I progress from there. So really it's about being willing to try stuff out and uh, be open to stuff. Yeah, trying it on like a like a, an outfit. Feel how it fits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I really, really appreciate your your time and wisdom and experience in this space. And I just want to thank you very much for for sharing your your time with us here on the podcast. Oh, of course. I completely enjoyed this. So thank you so much for having me on, Tara. Thank you. Of course. One of the things off the top that I'd like to add is that after our recording, Bruce asked me to include a link to the podcast called Behind the Police, which answers the question, how did America get so violent? By drawing a straight line from the darkest days of slavery to the situation that the U.S. finds itself in today. I have included that link in the show notes and thank Bruce very much for forwarding this resource. In addition to this, I am so grateful to Bruce for speaking so candidly about his journey on this episode. It's truly a healing salve to speak so honestly and openly about the tough parts of our journey and to hear how he conveys that spirituality is not a one-size-fits-all concept and that it evolves over time. Also, Sunday morning's newest single called Beautiful Lie is out, and it's likely streaming on the same platform that you are listening on now. So please give it a search and take a listen. Again, the band is called Sunday Morning, and the single is called Beautiful Lie. And let me know, how are you enjoying these episodes so far? Do you have someone who you want to hear in this space or are you having a question that you would like to have answered? Please connect with me on social media and be sure to join the From the Hearth Collective on Facebook to be involved in future live stream episodes. Also, please do rate, review and subscribe as this makes a huge difference in the continued viability of this podcast offering. All links are in the show notes. I am sending you so much love and I will see you next week. Thank you.